Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, I want to thank all the talk show hosts and conservative talk radio. First of all, over two years ago, coming to my defense, when I pointed out that the Obama administration was spying on the Trump campaign, I want to thank the... Oh, wait a minute. They didn't come to my defense. Well, I want to thank all the conservative talk show hosts on conservative talk radio for acknowledging today... Not only what Attorney General Barr said, which we'll get into, but acknowledging that I was right over two years ago when I was under attack by the left-wing media and they didn't defend... Wait a minute. They didn't do that either? Tell you what, folks. We've got some really, really weak people in the conservative movement and conservative talk radio. Massive egos, but really incredible insecurity now let's first listen to what Mr. Barr had to say now perhaps some of these same talk show hosts on radio and TV have played what he said but they're really in no position to comment on it in any serious way because they were hiding over two years ago they didn't want to get involved in the battle they didn't want to get involved in it they sat there. They wanted to see what happened. I didn't need their help anyway. I going to defend myself regardless. New York Times story, you may recall, before we get to the bar audio. A conspiracy theories journey from talk radio to Trump's Twitter. By Maggie Haberman, among others. It began at 6 p.m. Thursday as a conspiratorial rant on conservative talk radio. President Barack Obama had used the instrumentalities of the federal government to wiretap the Republicans seeking to succeed him. This is the big scandal, Mark Levin, the host told listeners. By Friday morning, the unsubstantiated allegation had been picked up by Breitbart News, the site once headed by President Trump's chief strategist, Stephen K. Bannon. Less than 24 hours later, the president embraced the conspiracy in a series of Twitter posts accusing his predecessor of spying on him, setting in motion the latest head-spinning, did he really say that, fewer of Mr. Trump's six-week-old presidency. Previous presidents, goes on the uh, New York Times from a couple years ago, previous presidents usually measured their words to avoid a media-feeding frenzy, but Mr. Trump showed again over the weekend that he feeds off the frenzy. Uninhibited by the traditional protocols of his office, he makes the most incendiary assertions based on shreds of suspicion. This is a news story. By the way, it's not an editorial. 
He does so without consulting some of his most senior aides or even agencies of his own government that might have contrary information. After setting off a public firestorm with no proof, he then calls for an investigation to find the missing evidence. Now, this was just one. New York Slimes, March 5, 2017. It really started on my radio show here on that Thursday evening. That's what they're talking about. As I put together the pieces of the news reports. This is really, in some ways, a pathetic business I'm in. It's a wonderful business and a pathetic business. You've got radio hosts that go, like I said two years ago. They never said a damn thing. But they don't expect you to go back and check and listen. When you write, when you're an author, you can go back and check. When you do a columns or essays, you can go back and check. But a radio host, you're not going to go back over two years ago and listen to radio broadcasts. You know what? That son of a gun was right. And they're counting on you not doing it. I don't do this to you. I respect you way too much. Way too much. Now let's first listen to what the Attorney General of the United States, Bob Barr, had to say. And so far he's turning out, isn't he, to be an exceptional Attorney General. So far, so good. Here he is today at a Senate budget hearing. Hat tip, real clear, politics, cut, four, go. I am going to be reviewing... uh both the genesis and the conduct of intelligence activities directed uh, at the, the Trump campaign during 2016. Uh, and a lot of this has already been investigated, and a substantial portion of it has been investigated and is being investigated by uh, the Office of uh, Inspector General at the department. Uh, But one of the things I want to do is pull together all the information from the various investigations that have gone on, including on the Hill uh, and in the department, and uh, see if there are any remaining questions uh, to be addressed. And can you share with us why you feel a need to do that? Well, uh, you know, for the same, well, for the same reason we're worried about. Now, let's stop there. Now, here's a senator from New Hampshire, Democrat, Gene Shaheen. She's not shocked by what he has to say. She wants to know why he's bothering. Go ahead. Uh, influence in elections. We want to make sure that uh, during an election, I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, generation I grew up in, which was the Vietnam War uh, period, you know, people were all concerned about spying on uh, anti-war people and so forth by the government. And there were a lot of rules put in place to make sure that there's an adequate basis before, before our law enforcement agencies get involved in poli- you know, political uh, surveillance. I'm not suggesting that uh, those rules were violated, but I think it's important to look at that. And I'm not, just, I'm not talking about the FBI uh, necessarily, but intelligence agencies more broadly. He wants to look at all of them. Shouldn't he get a standing ovation from the committee members? But he doesn't. Gene Shaheen, Liberal Democrat, New Hampshire, goes on. Cut five. Go. So you're not you're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred. I don't. uh, Well, uh, 
I guess you could, I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. Well, let me. But uh, the question is whether it was predicated, adequately predicated. And I'm not suggesting it wasn't adequately predicated, but I'd need to explore that. I think it's my obligation. Congress is usually very concerned about intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies staying in their proper lane. And I want to make sure that happened. We have a lot of rules about that. And uh, I want to say that that uh, I've said I'm reviewing this. I am going I haven't set up a team yet, but I do have I have in mind having some colleagues help me pull all this information together and, and let me know whether there's some areas that should be looked at. And I also want to make clear this is not launching an investigation of the FBI. I, uh, frankly, um, um, uh, to the extent there were there were any issues at the FBI, I do not view it as a a, a problem that's endemic to the FBI. Uh, I think there was probably a failure among uh, a group of leaders uh, there. Uh, at the upper echelon, and so I don't like to hear attacks about the FBI because I think the F FBI is an outstanding organization, and I think you know Chris Ray uh, is a great partner for me. All right, I'm very but you heard what he said. You heard what he said, and this is shocking, the news media today, shocking the Democrats, that we now have an Attorney General of the United States whose job it is to uphold the rule of law and the Constitution. It says, you know what? There was spying. Question is whether there was a proper predicate means, means by that. I want to take a look at this, these FISA applications. And he's seen McCabe on TV like the rest of us. McCabe, who, who sought to lead a coup. He's also seen that the top echelon of the FBI was leaking. That it was leaking. And what is absolutely stunning and should be stunning to you, America, is the fact that we have a media in this country that is now trying to parse what he said. If you're watching CNN and MSNBC today or reading stories in the New York Times or the Washington Post, they're telling us what he didn't say, what he did say. They're trying to parse it. They say he doesn't have any evidence. It's incredible. Incredible. Unfreedom of the press in this country. Now, when we return, I have a little treat for you. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. 
please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Excuse me, Bill Barr had to say. Over two years ago, on Fox and Friends, I repeated what I told you on my radio program. March 5, 2017. Cut one, go. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is... The Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. Exhibit one, exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street, two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say name Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. uh, Quote, The Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign, to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agencies. Headline, FBI, five other agencies, five other Obama administration agencies pro possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin Uh, covertly aided presidential-elect Donald Trump. Two people familiar with the matter said the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the director of the National Intelligence. Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know what was Mark, going on in six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, hold Mark, on, how are hold you on. Do- okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case. <laughs> Because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, conclusive evidence of wrongdoing. Listen to this. 
One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. This is the New York Times, Another my right-wing exhibit outlet. four. Another right-wing outlet, Let's yeah. continue. <laughs> New York Times again. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. (laughs) Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the uh, the uh, Russian ambassador. And so how do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian <laughs> officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials mm-hmm. and Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring and summer of 2016. This has been going on for a year. One more cut. Cut to go. How confident are you that this new this investigation, which was on Russian so-called Russian hacking, but now the White House says this morning will be broadened to looking into executive overreach? How confident are you they will find something there? I don't know, but they already found something. The issue isn't whether the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign or transition or certain of its surrogates. The issue is the extent of it. Mm -hmm. They went into court a second time. They were so aggressive. They waited four or five months. They go back in October, weeks before the general election. They narrow their request. All of a sudden, we have leaks coming out on Flynn. Then we have a, oh, a horrible meeting that took place between Sessions and so forth. And I am telling you, as a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States in the Reagan administration, these are police state tactics. Let's no, stop there. Obama- Let's stop there. I'm live now. Now, that was the second time I went through this. First on radio, then on Fox News on the weekend. Pete Hegseth is a great great host. Then on Monday, on Hannity's show, then some reporters picked it up during the course of the week. Then I came under a vicious assault by the media. Now, everything I've said there turned out to be quite accurate, broadly speaking, because I didn't have the specifics. More when I return. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. 
Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free, and you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now, and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. (laughs) 877-381-3811. So uh, after... My radio show, March 2nd, my appearance on Fox and Friends on March 5th, Sunday, my appearance Monday on Hannity. All hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. And Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener, every day they were saying, you're being attacked by this guy, you're being attacked. And I, I stood firm. I said, okay, then I'll push back, which I did. But I looked behind me, there was no infantry. Hannity was a help, a few of my local buddies were a help, Larry O'Connor, a few, almost nobody. People who I've defended in talk radio were nowhere to be found. And admired, nowhere to be found. And of course, today they, they claim they were on top of this issue. No, they weren't. Here's a little taste of what took place, just a couple minutes. Then we'll move along. A montage. You'll have CNN, Jake Tapper, ABC News, Brian Ross. I think he's been drummed out of the business. CNN, Brian Stelter, who is a lowlife. CBS, Stephen Colbert, another lowlife. MSNBC, Scarborough, lowlife. NPR, MSNBC, Chris Matthews, heavy drinker in my opinion. HBO, John Oliver. They're all very clever too, you'll see. And even today, with the Attorney General saying what he said, None of these people take it seriously. And they're trying to parse his words. They're all for a police state, as long as it's their police state. Damn fools, they don't understand that they're the ones that go first on the police state. Cut three, go. White House officials say that the president's sources were various conservative outlets, most prominently perhaps radio host Mark Levin, who seemed to take three basic chunks of information and combine them into one conspiracy theory of what he calls a silent coup. And And by the the way, that silent coup phrase was also mine. And it was based on a book that was written many, many years ago, which has also been picked up now. I said then, I've said since, and I say now. That there was a silent coup. By silent coup, I mean a non-military coup. You know what I mean. Go ahead. Today, highlighted a conspiracy-loving radio talk show host, Mark Levin. Now, the story asserted that Obama has been trying to undermine Trump at every turn. As you can see from the headline, it was inspired by a Thursday night radio segment by conservative talk show host Mark Levin. Apparently, uh, this idea came from right-wing radio host and unlicensed gynecologist Mark Levin. Who ranted about these wiretaps on his radio show? That show was then written up by Breitbart as Mark Levin to Congress investigate Obama's silent coup versus Trump. What does the White House gain by the president of the United by Steve Bannon most likely handing the president of the United States a, a Breitbart, Breitbart article. article 
and 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 talking about what a rabid right wing talk show host uh, has been theorizing. Start with uh, firebrand conservative radio host Mark Levin. Uh, briefly, for people who don't know, who is he? He's uh, got quite a following, and he's not just a conservative figure, but often espousing relatively radical positions about the need to uh, reinvent the Constitution and the government and ways in which we think about society. The notion that Mark Levin is a news outlet, it's, it's not the New York Times, it's not the Washington Post, it's not the Wall Street Journal, it's not the LA Times, it's not a major news network. It's Mark Levin, a guy who, you know, I know what talk radio guys do, on left and right, mostly on right, they rob, rob people up with outrageous charges and nobody keeps count of them. Yes. Here's the President of the United States getting his information from these people. Evidence for suggesting President Obama has committed a crime seems pretty thin. The detailed speculation from a conspiracy-loving talk show host, like Mark Levin. Okay, I think we can now officially declare that Trump has a worse media diet than the son of Sam Killer. And he got all his news from a talking dog who told him to murder. Mm-hmm, funny. Very funny. Hard to tell the funny guys, isn't it, from the so-called newsmen? And today they don't care either. They just dismiss it. They have no interest in it. Now I'm going to tell you a couple of stories here. Based on research that I've done, and it's in Unfreedom of the Press. That's why this book is so important, and it's so relevant, and it's so current to what's going on in this country today. I want to tell you about two past administrations, the Kennedy administration and the Johnson administration. And the media not only turned a blind eye to their police state activities, but participated in them, just like they are today. Just like they are today. From my book, the Kennedy administration was notorious for misusing confidential IRS information and authorizing the FBI to spy on Martin Luther King Jr. Jeff Himmelman revealed in his book about Ben Bradley, yours in truth, when Pierre Salinger, Kennedy's press secretary, negotiated to have Ben Bradley come to Newport, Rhode Island, where Jackie Onassis Kennedy, I should say, family, had an enormous waterfront estate, to review FBI files that would prove that organizations spreading the rumors about Kennedy were shady themselves. This would discredit the opposition and advance a storyline the administration wanted to advance. You heard about that? You didn't hear about it from the media. In his own book, Conversations with Kennedy, Bradley himself writes that, quote, we, meaning Kennedy and Bradley, talked about taxes and who pays how much. The president stunned us all by saying that J. Paul Getty, the oil zillionaire who was reputedly the richest man in the world, paid exactly $500 in income taxes last year. H.L. Hunt, the Texas oil zillionaire, who must be one of the next richest, paid only $22,000 in income taxes last year, he said. I asked him, since he had obviously done some research on the tax payments of millionaires, how much Daniel Ludwig, another industrialist, had paid, referring back to the owner of the yacht that had failed to salute the commander-in-chief last month in Newport. He smiled, but he didn't bite, and then said that all this tax information was secret and it was probably illegal for him to know or at least for him to tell me. I told him, meaning Bradley, if he ever wanted to give a tax reform bill and last little push, all he had to do was let me publish this kind of information. 
Another author, Burnham, explains that there was a regular process in place for the White House to receive confidential IRS information. On May 23, 1961, Mortimer Kaplan, then serving as Kennedy's brand new IRS commissioner, had written a long memorandum explaining that a few months before he had allowed Carmine Bellino, a special consultant of President Kennedy, to inspect IRS files without a written request. Vernon Mike Acri, an IRS official, explained, quote, Right after Kennedy was elected, I got called down to Kaplan's office. He introduced me to Bellino. Kaplan said Bellino was a special assistant to President Kennedy and could have anything he wanted. One of my assistants set Bellino up in a little office in the IRS headquarters building. I remember that one day during the Kennedy years that my assistant provided Bellino a stack of tax records about 10 inches high that had been submitted by the New York Times. We weren't told why the White House wanted to see the New York Times' returns, and we didn't ask. The tax information I made available to Kennedy and later Nixon was not unusual, he said. And after being nudged by President Kennedy and with his knowledge and that of Attorney General Robert Kennedy, Kaplan instituted an audit program aimed at groups on the right that were critical of the president and his policies. In April 1976, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence reported, quote, by directing tax audits at individuals and groups solely because of their political beliefs. The Ideological Organization's Audit Project, as the 1961 Kennedy program was known, established a precedent for a far more elaborate program of targeting dissidents. There's a history of this at the IRS. There's a history of this at the top levels of the FBI. This is what Democrats do. I'll continue with my book, Unfreedom of the Press. The abuses also reached into the FBI. Indeed, the FBI tracked virtually every move of Martin Luther King. CNN reported in an interview with author David Garrow that the FBI began secretly tracking King's flights and watching his associates. In July 1963, a month before the March on Washington, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover filed a request with Attorney General Robert Kennedy to tap King's and his associates' phones and to bug their homes and offices. In September, Kennedy consented to the technical surveillance. Kennedy gave the FBI permission to break into King's office and home to install the bugs as long as agents recognized the, quote, delicacy of this particular matter, unquote, and didn't get caught installing them. And Kennedy added a proviso. He wanted to be personally informed of any pertinent information. Widespread domestic espionage, and I'm skipping around in my book. I can't read you the whole thing. Widespread domestic espionage and tax investigations only got worse under Kennedy's successor, President Lyndon Johnson. like several of his predecessors, but even more so, Johnson used the IRS and the FBI and the CIA for unconstitutional and unlawful purposes. For example, the Heritage Foundation's Lee Edwards, who had served as Director of Information for the 1964 Barry Goldwater presidential campaign, listen to this, tells how Johnson used the CIA and FBI to spy on the Goldwater campaign. Quote, Former Intelligence Officer E. Howard Hunt best known for his role as an orchestrator of the Watergate bugging, told a Senate committee in 1973 
that his CIA superior ordered him to infiltrate the Goldwater campaign. Hunt claimed to have questioned the order, only to be told that it had been a personal request of President Johnson and that the information he received would be delivered to a White House aide. CIA Director William Colby confirmed the White House's role in the illegal surveillance while addressing a congressional hearing in 1975. That the CIA is prohibited by law from operating within the U.S. didn't matter to Johnson's campaign. The Goldwater people never suspected that one of them was a spy for the Democrats. Now I'm going to continue with this. I'm going to continue with this after a little commercial and then a break. And I hope you're spellbound. I hope you're sitting on the edge of your chairs, whether you're sitting on the edge of your seat in your car or otherwise. Because spying on presidential campaigns is a pattern of conduct that has occurred particularly with Democrats in office. Not exclusively, but particularly. You think it didn't happen? You think it couldn't happen? Me, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist? I pull it out of their own damn news reports. Ellen Boys in the conservative talk, Red, thanks for backing me up. Bunch of chickens. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. I, uh, I'll finish with the Goldwater piece, but I'm not going to go any further because I can't read the entire book to you. But if this is interesting to you, as well as the things I've been telling you over the course of the last 10 days, I hope you'll pull the trigger now and pre-order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Go to Amazon.com. It's right there. Uh, I just want to spread this as far and as wide as I possibly can. And I want you to know the media in real time, didn't report any of this. They will claim they didn't know. That's not true. Segments of the media did know. And they knew about a hell of a lot more than this. Today, today, the media know that the Obama administration, the instrumentalities of the senior levels of the FBI and the DOJ and the intelligence agencies spied on the President of the United States before he became President, on the candidate of the opposition party. It does us no damn good for people to write about this 50 years from now. Right in the middle of it. CNN says nothing. MSNBC says nothing. ABC, CBS, 
NBC. Nothing. Nothing. It was all fine when they were getting leaks from the FBI to try and undermine and humiliate candidate Trump and President Trump. But the fact that those leaks are coming from the government, from one party against another during the course of a campaign and a transition, that is of no interest to your media. That's why this is so, so damn important. And that's why I'm going to continue on my crusade, on my resistance against the phony freedom of the press, because what we have here is unfreedom of the press. From intelligence officer Howard Hunt, Howard Hunt, CIA Director William Colby, they bugged the Goldwater campaign. They bugged his campaign. Now, Edwards, he explained the FBI range for widespread wiretapping of the Goldwater campaign. Sure enough, campaign reporters can soon be heard asking specific questions about the candidate's travel plans that had only been discussed by Goldwater aides behind closed doors. See, the Johnson people were leaking it to the media who were perfectly fine with this. To protect themselves, Goldwater staffers began using payphones outside their headquarters. Johnson also illegally ordered the FBI to conduct security checks of Goldwater Senate staff, of his Senate staff. Hoover was ordered to do that directly by Johnson. There's much more. There's much more, but I can't read it all on air. Unfreedom of the Press comes out in a few weeks. You can pre-order your copy right now, Amazon.com. And it has everything to do with what's going on today in the media. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now Bill Barr is getting the Mark Levin treatment, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. Me as an old chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States, Bill Barr as a two-time attorney general of the United States. We don't know anything, you see. We don't know what we're talking about. We're conspiracy nuts. We're all in the tank, don't you know? Don Lemon knows everything. Chris Cuomo, Jake Tapper, Chris Matthews, Al Sharpton. They're the experts. And all the Democrats on these committees, they're the experts. This will go down in history as a shameful, shameful period. But Bill Barr has underscored what we've already known, and it's good that he is, and he's going to look into it. But they're going to try and stop him. They're going to try and stop them. It's like they're very concerned about separating children from their parents, but infanticide, they're all for. They're very concerned about separating children from their parents, but it started under Obama. That's a fact. They never said a damn thing. They're very concerned about separating children from their parents, but they love Franklin Roosevelt, who separated Japanese Americans from other Americans with internment camps for the first time in American history. Oh, okay, we'll overlook that. He was a great progressive. This is what we're dealing with. 
and we fight back. We don't roll over for it. Senator Brian Schatz, a word I'd like to play with, but not on the air. He's at this budget here, and he can't believe what he heard. So he's trying to encourage the attorney general to rephrase. Cut six, go. Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Uh, Because I think the word spying uh, could cause uh, everybody in the cable news ecosystem to freak out. And I think it's necessary for you to be precise with your language here. You normally are. Isn't this amazing? It's an oversight hearing on the budget. But he wants him to rephrase so cable news, meaning Fox, meaning me in particular, uh, don't freak out. Not freaking out. This is serious matter. We've seen this before in this country, and we've seen the media play patsy for the Democrats before when this sort of thing has taken place. Go ahead. Chance to be especially precise here. Um, I'm not sure of all the um, connotations of that word that you're referring to, but you know, unauthorized surveillance. I want to make sure there was no unauthorized surveillance. Okay, thank you. Is, is that is that more appropriate in your mind? I, th- this is your call. I really did want to give you a chance to to say it how you wanted to say it and make sure that you didn't. Uh, no, no, no. He wanted him to back out. He wanted him to say, "Oops, I made a mistake," but he didn't. He underscored, okay, I won't say spy. How about unauthorized surveillance? Jerry Moran, Republican, Kansas, the chairman of this committee. He gets into it. Cut seven, go. I want to go back to something you said in your testimony that uh, uh, you've indicated that there's the possibility that unauthorized surveillance or spying occurred. Uh, And my question is... Uh, maybe twofold. My question is, uh, what is the basis for reaching that conclusion or a belief that something like that occurred? And what are the consequences for those who uh, committed unauthorizing, un- unauthorized surveillance? Um, did you say that I s- said that it occurred? Uh, you indicated, uh, I think uh, I, I tried to at least reflect on what your quote was, that you thought spying on a political campaign occurred in the course of an intelligence agency's investigation into Russian interference in 2016. Well, I thought the question was, uh, did I have any basis for saying And I'm now asking what the basis is or what the facts are that lead you to that thought. Uh, okay, I, I felt I am concerned about it, and I was asked about whether there was any basis for it, and I believe there is a basis for my concern, but I'm not going to discuss the basis. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's concerned about it and he wants to look into it. That's what he's saying. He's saying he's concerned about it and wants to look into it. Why don't the Democrats want him to look at it? Now they're smearing him. Oh, conspiracy. Ah, sellout. Trump hack. This guy was former Attorney General under George H.W. Bush. Comes out of retirement. Doesn't need this. Does the job. People praise him as a lawyer's lawyer because he is. But now, he's a conspiracy nut. And the media are calling him such by giving voice to the real conspiracy nuts. You know, in collusion. Ooh, collusion. We insist there must be. Confess there's collusion. Uh, no. Yes. Okay. 
We're going to look at Hillary Clinton. No, no, no. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Well, now he's under attack. Now, another thing that Lindsey Graham brought up during the course of this hearing today, why wasn't President Trump told about the Russians trying to interfere with the election? Now, we all know the answer why, because they were trying to take down, that is, the Obama administration, Donald Trump. You see, the Russians were not only interfering with the election— The Obama administration was interfering with the election, a point I continue to make. And that's the point. The FBI was interfering with the election, the intelligence agencies, the Department of Justice, the Democrats, Obama. They were interfering with the course of the election. Cut nine, go. Do you share my concern that if you're going to open up a counterintelligence investigation against a presidential candidate... Uh, that you have to have a very good reason. Yes, absolutely. And a counterintelligence investigation is designed to protect the target of foreign influence. Is that correct? That is correct. It's not a prosecutorial function, is it? No, unless unless espionage or some violation of espionage laws is, is develops. So would it be odd that the candidate was never really briefed by the Department of Justice that your campaign may be targeted by a foreign entity? That is one of the questions I have is, is nor- I feel normally uh, the campaign would have been advised of this. Okay. And can you think of a good reason right now why they wouldn't have been? Uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in getting that answer. They had two former U.S. attorneys uh, in Chris Christie and, and Rudy Giuliani involved in the campaign, and I don't understand why the campaign was not advised. Apparently, uh, when Senator Feinstein had a person on her staff, that was supposedly connected to the Chinese government, she was briefed. Is that the normal way you do things with a counterintelligence investigation? Uh, I, I think... The, I, well, she was briefed about a staff member that they right. thought might be connected to the Chinese government, and she took action and fired the guy. Is that sort of what you're supposed to be doing? Uh, that's what I would... If I were attorney general and that situation came up, I would say, yes, brief, brief uh, the, the target. Uh, of the uh, All right, SBI now, Senator activity. Mark Warner, who's turned out to be a, a real hack, but always was, really. He's approached by CNN, Manu Raju, who's another jerk, another phony reporter. So they're, they're looking for politicians who are going to dump all over Barr to try and ruin Barr now. Two, three days ago, he was a great man. Today, he's a hack. He's a cover-up artist. I'm telling you, folks, we're up against it here. This Soviet-style left. They're dripping. Dripping with uh, tyrannical tactics here. So Manu Raju throws a softball to the rabid Mark Warner at CNN. Cut 10, go. The Attorney General said this morning that he believes spying did occur on the Trump campaign. What's your reaction to that? What's your reaction to that? Rather than, are you going to try to get to the bottom of this? No, what's your reaction to that, Senator? And he knows who he's talking to. He's talking to a buffoon. A rabid leftist. And here it goes. Go ahead. That the Attorney General would make that kind of statement. I think it is in many ways disrespectful to the 
men and women who work in the Justice no, Department. No, it isn't, you ass. He's not talking about the men and women who work at the Department of Justice or FBI. We know exactly what he's talking about. About a dozen of them. About a dozen of them. Why don't you cut out your propaganda, you fool? You're a United States senator. Does it concern you that the FBI and the Department of Justice and our intelligence agencies working under Barack Obama interfered with our election? Does it concern you at all? No, it doesn't, apparently. Go ahead. It shows, I think, either a lack of understanding or willful ignorance. So here's an attorney general, a, a brilliant, brilliant man, twice attorney general, top lawyer, who must be filled with ignorance, ladies and gentlemen, or a lack of understanding. But Mark Warner, who can barely complete a sentence, he knows the truth, you see. Go ahead. What goes into a counterintelligence investigation? The idea that the FBI, uh, with the evidence they had, wouldn't have launched a counterintelligence investigation would have been irresponsible. So No, it wouldn't. Wouldn't be at all. Using information from the Hillary Clinton and DNC-funded dossier, would have been irresponsible? Let's go to Chris Van Hollen, another hack out of Maryland. He's on CNN today. See, they're bringing the conga line of left-wing Democrats through. Because this is how the free press, so to speak, works today. That way, even if their host doesn't say anything, even if their reporters don't say anything, they don't need to. They know who to ask and who to put on camera. And here they're bringing Chris Van Hollen, one of the biggest hacks of them all, but they're all big hacks. And they want to know, CNN, what does he think about this? So now they trash Barr. Not the substance of what Barr said. How dare he look into whether or not there was spying going on or the extent of it, we should say. Cut 11, go. Look, Jay, I, I do not all know all the details here. Uh, what I know He doesn't is know that- all the details, but he knows to attack Barr. Go ahead. You know, threw out uh, this bombshell uh, and at the same time refused uh, to present any evidence uh, of it. Uh, that is, in my view, reckless and clearly political, uh, especially given the fact the president has been urging him to do this and now uh, is celebrating the fact uh, that he did. There you and go, it- folks. There you go. I presented the evidence that was existent that existed in the uh, in the public press. And the public press attacked me for citing the public press. Barr should just continue to plow ahead. He's dealing with a Democrat party that is not the old Democrat party. That has some of the nasty habits of the old Soviet Union. We want the whole report, the secret grand jury information, the classified information. We don't care if third parties are embarrassed or smeared. We want that, too. We want everything. And what we want, we get. And if we don't get it, there's a cover-up. You're a sellout. You're, you're obstructing. You're a hack. Oh. Barr says, you know, I, I think there's some, uh, yeah, there's information here that suggests spying or you know, espionage activity taking place. I want to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to look into... Oh, my God! A sellout! 
He's doing Trump's bidding. Look at this guy. He's now a right-wing conspiracy nut. Look at this. Well, there's no collusion. What are you talking about? No, There's collusion everywhere. I see it everywhere. Look behind you. Collusion. Oh, there's collusion. Look under the sheets. Collusion everywhere. We're going to do our best, ladies and gentlemen, not only to continue to expose these things, but to fight back. And I swear to you, I have no power, but I have a voice. I will do everything humanly possible to continue to press this fight. Not as a mere observer, like far too many of my colleagues in this business, but as somebody who cares about this country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The unfreedom of the press now. Uh, of course, everybody's sitting on the edge of their chairs waiting for Chuck Todd to throw in. And of course he did, and it's very predictable. Well, the audio after the bottom of the hour. Chuck Todd tears into bar for feeding conspiracy theory. He gaslit the country, writes Joss Feldman over at Mediate. He opened the MTP Daily ripping into Attorney General Bill Barr for giving credence to a conspiracy theory. Todd honed in on Barr's comments today, saying he believes that spying on the Trump campaign did occur. Using the word spying, Todd said, plays into the president's language. See? Doesn't care about the facts. He hates Trump. Because he's a Democrat. He's always been a Democrat. When he was in college, he interned uh, in the campaign for Tom Harkin. His wife is a Democrat uh, operative. He's incapable of objective truth. Remember? No discussion about climate change here. No climate change denying here. This 3 IQ, less than 25 watt light bulb, telling all these experts, no, no, we can't have you. And I deal with him in the book too, by the way. Plays into the president's language an argument that the Russian investigation to him is just a witch hunt. And every time they've brought up this allegation, there's been zero factual basis for it. What does he mean zero factual basis? Is he not familiar with Stephen Halper who was put in the campaign? Is he not familiar with the FISA court? Is he not familiar with what McCabe said? Why don't you invite Chuck Todd on my program, Mr. Producer? And Mr. Todd, I know you listen to the program you have in the past. I challenge you to a one-on-one one-hour debate on this program. On this program. You say there's no information. You blow it off as a conspiracy theory. I'll tell you what. We'll do 30 minutes on that and 30 minutes on climate change. Come on, smart guy. Get off your high horse over there at NBC and MSNBC. Join me here on my talk show. It'll be a legitimate debate. It'll be a a polite debate, but it will be a debate. We don't get to choose all the people who uh, you put on your panel. 30 minutes to debate how the Obama administration did, in fact, commit acts of espionage against the Trump campaign. And then 30 uh, 30 minutes on climate change. That's my challenge to you, Chuck Todd. You're going to get up there and tell everybody what to think and start trashing the attorney general. 
Todd went off on Barr multiple times during his open panel discussion, noting how the AG chose to do it this way. At one point, he remarked, it doesn't matter what the truth is, does it? I mean, I hate to say this now, but that's the whole point. It feels like that basically the attorney general gaslit the country. In other words, the attorney general's a liar. Everybody's a liar. Except the collusion crowd, the collusion hunters. What do you say there, Mr. Journalist? You want to have a debate? I'm just a lowly talk show host, a right-wing conspiracy theorist. You, of course, are a genius. We'll have a debate. 30 minutes on the Obama administration's efforts and 30 minutes on climate change. What do you say, pal? Right here on my show. I'll be right back. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. show is tomorrow's morning show you can reach mark now at 877-381-3811 chuck todd ladies and gentlemen he's not only the host of meet the depressed and boy has that sunk has that sunk used to be the big sunday show now it's a joke and uh, he's also the chief political correspondent for NBC. But he can't control himself. Let's go. Cut one, Chuck Todd. Go. Attorney General Bill Barr did something extraordinary today on Capitol Hill. He didn't just say what the president wanted to hear, although he did do that. And he didn't just make an explosive claim about what might have led to the Russia investigation, although he did that too. The country's chief law enforcement officer went in front of Congress today and gave credence to a factless conspiracy theory. Using the word spying plays right into the president's language and argument that the Russia investigation to him is just a witch hunt. And every time they've brought up this allegation, there has been zero factual basis for it. Every effort to perpetrate the spying conspiracy theory. Again, what, Chuck Todd, I want you to come on the program so we can go over this with you. What's he doing, an Indian accent now, Mr. Producer? Nothing wrong with that. It's just like uh, one of many personalities, I suppose. Today, I'm a journalist. Before that, I was a Democrat hack. Today, I'm a Democrat hack pretending to be a journalist. Chuck. Is his name Charles or Chuck? It must be Chuck. 
And I will not keep doing this to him. He'll never come on the program, and I don't think he will anyway. But I'd like him to come on the program. I want to expose him to some facts. Go ahead. And I'll get to that in a moment. Barr even said later in the hearing that he has no specific evidence about wrongdoing at the Justice Department. What he said he wanted to do was he wanted to open an investigation to look into this. Uh, There's a lot of information out there about what the FISA court was given. Maybe you're not aware of this, Chuck Todd, but it's true. There's information about a guy by the name of Halper who was, in fact, installed within the Trump campaign by the FBI. Maybe you missed the interview with McCabe. I believe it was on 60 Minutes. I know it's another network, but you should have watched it, in which he talked about a coup effectively against the president of the United States. Maybe you're not aware that the former senior level of the FBI is all gone. They're all under investigation one way or another by a U.S. attorney or by the inspector general, many of whom were leakers and many of whom were involved in, in fact, spreading the dossier report back to the media, then the media back to them, then in the FISA report. Did this create any kind of curiosity in you, Chuck Todd, or you're not curious at all? No, you're not curious at all. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barr and the president don't care about facts. In other words, they're liars. They lie all the time. They lie all the time. They lie all the time. Not Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, you see, is a newsman. We've never seen a newsman as great as Chuck Todd. I mean, folks, even Chris Cuomo's dishing dissing, uh, Chuck Todd in an interview. I think it was with The Hollywood Reporter, some, some newspaper. Nobody respects Chuck Todd. Even the lightweights on CNN think he's a lightweight. Now, where, where, does he, where do you go from there? And that way, you see, he's... Prim- Next thing you know, he'll be the president of NBC News. Go ahead. You don't get to put the toothpaste back in the tube now, do you? And if Barr's assertion today sounds familiar, maybe because President Trump was making the same accusation, literally, as the Attorney General was testifying before Congress. Ooh, now who's the conspiracy nut? Oh, you mean they, sh- they, they, they timed this, Chuck? Wow. Maybe I'm too old, only 61, but Mr. Badoo, you ever see these candies called Chuckles? You ever hear those candies? They're like jelly candies and so forth. Chuckles, they used to be very popular. I think we'll call him Chuckles for now on. Chuckles Todd. But Chuckles Todd wasn't done, Linda. Chuckles Todd wasn't done. He had more to say. Yes, he did. Can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. Can't unscramble an egg. No, you can't do those things. Go ahead. It doesn't matter what the truth is, does it? I mean, I hate to say this now, but that's the whole point. It <laughs> yeah, feels- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chuckles, you're so right. Everybody's lying except you. And your colleagues in the media, they're going to have a grand old time at the Washington Correspondents' Dinner where they get all dressed up in their tuxedos and their evening gowns. And by the way, I don't know what Chuck's going to wear. They're so impressed with them, so get their hair done and get their hair cuts, shave especially closely, particularly the ladies. And then they, they go to the White Washington Correspondence Dinner, where they'll mock the president and mock Barr and mock conservatives and mock America, and they'll feel great about themselves. They really will. Oh, yeah, they will. They'll feel very good about themselves. Yes, they will. Everybody's a conspiracy nut out of there. But we're going to keep chasing collusion until we get to the bottom. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of this collusion. And obstruction? Oh, yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of obstruction, too. Collusion? Why do all these fools talk so fast? 
Matthews chuckles. Although Sharpton, he's a very slow talker. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? He's a very slow talker for the MSNBC crowd. The other one is, is Scarborough. Very slow, drawn out. So you can hear every stupid syllable that comes out of his mouth. So now the attack will be on Bob Barr. Bob Barr. There's something wrong with Bob Barr. He's a conspiracy. Do you believe? Do you believe what came out of his mouth? You believe? You believe this? They just keep lying, lie, lie, lie. We need fact checkers, fact checkers. We need generators for our fact checkers. We need generators for generators. I'm, I mean, the, the lies. They just keep coming. They keep coming. Collusion. Ah, yeah, collusion. Stay focused on collusion. Well, you know, for two years on Levin TV, we made headlines for telling the truth about the silent coup against President Trump. Now the president's been vindicated. Oh, that's got to be a lie. Yeah, no, no, vindicated, vindicated. Our ratings are up. We've got to keep chasing, chasing collusion. No collusion, no conspiracies, no secret indictments, none of it. But the fight isn't over, as you can tell, for us on Levin TV, and I know it's not over for you. The media do not believe in a free press. The Democrats do not believe in a free country. I'm talking about the leadership. And of course, their main goal now is to destroy the president and his family and anybody who doesn't join their efforts, or at least get out of the way. Now, these people need to be held to account for what they've done and what they're doing. So does Obama and Hillary and their obedient mouthpieces in the media. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you, you have a choice. You have a choice about what to watch and where to spend your money. You can go toward propagandists masquerading as journalists. Or you can set aside less than eight bucks a month for a network that covers the stories that matter and does so honestly with pro-American hosts. We're not backing down at our new network, Blaze TV. And we're not backing down on my program, I can tell you that, on Levin TV. And I need you with me, and I want you with me, and I'll be with you. Use promo code LEVIN and start your free trial now at blazetv.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, or give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. And you can give us a call right now. Our folks are there. We'll get you set up in minutes. You're going to say, why didn't I do this before? This is easy. Exactly. Look around you on your TV, if you have a smart TV. You have a PC, maybe you have an Apple, maybe you have an iPad, laptop of some kind. You've got your iPhone, your Android. Maybe you have a bunch of those. Well, we can put Levin TV and our whole network at Blaze TV on your system. My father used to love watching it. Used to love watching it at night. And when I'll tell you what, when his TV wasn't working, I got a call. How do I get this going? And so forth and so on. Because for some reason, that TV of his was a real uh, pain in the neck. But nonetheless, and it was a new TV, smart TV. But we're all set at Levin TV and our network, Blaze TV. So I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll join with us. One of the things I've decided sitting here that I'm going to do when my new book comes out, I'm going to send one, I'm going to have the publisher send one to every major news outlet and every major so-called host that is anchor and journalist. 
I'm going to send one to each one of them. My expense. Why not? Look at this book. Got to give it to the... Well, let me ask you a question. When the media conduct themselves this way, are they a free press or are they, or are they the enemy of the people? Only fascists say enemy of the people. I asked a question. Is Chuck Todd a newsman? Seriously? Is Don Lemon a newsman? Seriously? These are clowns. These are unintelligent, ideologically driven clowns. And they prove it every day, don't they? How about a voice, a refreshing voice? Just by saying this, you see, I've become controversial. And that would be the President of the United States outside of the White House today. Cut 12, Mr. Producer. 12, go. What has been found during this period of time are the illegal acts of getting this whole phony investigation started. And hopefully that's where people are going now. That's where people are going. And it's very interesting. It was an illegal investigation, Major. It was an illegal investigation. It was started illegally. Everything about it was crooked. Every single thing about it. There were dirty cops. These were bad people. You look at McCabe and Comey, and you look at Lisa and Peter Strzok. These were bad people. And this was a, an attempted coup. This was an attempted takedown of a president. And we beat them. We beat them. Hmm. And that drives them nuts. He's an innocent man, ladies and gentlemen. He was always an innocent man. He's the victim. He's not the perpetrator. And the mob is out of control. <clears throat> the mob is a voice in the media. And the mob tonight is focused on trying to destroy Bill Barr. As they were trying to destroy me a little over two years ago. And watch, my name will come up. And we will fight back. Oh, he's just this Barr, you know. He's just repeating whether it's repeated. We, we dealt with that two years. We cleared that up. To- no, you didn't, you jackass. Chuck Todd. You didn't report about the FISA application. Even though it was in one of the newspapers, you said nothing. The word wiretap was in a headline of the New York Times, Chuck Todd, your favorite newspaper. Holocaust-denying New York Times. The leaks were coming from the senior levels of the FBI and the former intelligence officials. Going to people like you, Chuck. Chuckles, I mean. Think the American people are stupid. We're not stupid. And we've had about enough of you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wasn't it fun last night when we had uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's poster on the program? talking live as the results were coming in in Israel. Now here again, a crucial election for the Israelis and really very important to the United States for that region of the world. We have so much in common with that country. And it was a very, very important election. The New York Times is very angry that Netanyahu won because the New York Times has been anti-Semitic for a very, very long time, even before the Holocaust, as I point out in my book. 
doesn't matter who owns them. They are what they are. But it was fascinating, I thought. And it turns out that the election really was incredible. Likud got 35 seats. The main opposition party, I believe, got around 30. But the reason Netanyahu is able to put another coalition together is because conservatives, political conservatives and religious conservatives, far outnumbered the left, the center left, the rhino types and all. And this is because of Netanyahu. This country in Israel was a socialist country. Their first prime minister, uh, Prime Minister Ben-Gurion, and those that followed were socialists for the most part. But during his time in office, Netanyahu has moved Israel to a market economy. It has an explosive economy. Their technology sector is absolutely incredible. Their medical sector, the inventions they're coming up with, new drugs, are absolutely incredible. It's a tiny country. And they have to spend a tremendous amount of their gross domestic product on military and defense and law enforcement because of uh, what surrounds them. The left in this country is very upset. The Chuck Todd types, they're all furious because they're liberals. We can never have peace now, you know, because now Israel is going to insist on retaining Judea and Samaria, which they call the West Bank. Now, I want you to look at a map of Israel. Not Congress fool Talidi's map where she puts a yellow stickum on top of Israel and calls it Palestine. I want you to look at a real map. Tell me, Judea and Samaria, are they on the West Bank of Israel? No, they're on the East Bank of Israel. So why do we call it the West Bank? Because 19 years the Jordanians controlled it. 19 years they called it the West Bank, their West Bank. So now it's the West Bank forever. You see what I mean? It was Judea and Samaria forever. But no, not with the New York Times and not with the left in this country. The Israelis admire tremendously Donald Trump. They support it overwhelmingly. The political and religious conservative parties in Israel, meaning Netanyahu. And it's driving the left nuts there and here. And I'm just glad that I spent time on this to explain this, gave my endorsement, by the way, said who I would vote for. No question about that. And I believe I reflected your view, the vast majority of you, who you would have voted for too. It's a lot to celebrate today, really. But there's a lot to be cautious about too. When the left loses, it comes back even more viciously and more dishonestly and more corruptly than ever before. There's no doubt that Americans are having a hard time affording their prescription drugs, but while Democrats blame drug companies, they ignore the patients are being denied discounts that are kept by middlemen. That's not capitalism, what's taking place here. That's why I keep talking about these pharmacy benefit managers, PBMs. And why they intend to keep prescription drug costs artificially high. And finally, Congress has been investigating the issue. Senator Chuck Grassley, head of the Senate Finance Committee, brought in the CEOs of the largest PBMs to shine a light on their industry. Do you know three PBMs control 85% of the market? 
Just three companies? So much for competition to drive down prices. So it's good that Grassley was asking tough questions because I don't know what the hell these PBMs do either. President Trump is willing to expose PBMs too to bring their hidden drug rebate scheme to light. And he wants the discounts to go to the seniors at the pharmacy counter. And I couldn't agree more, which is why I'm speaking out, which is why we have to fight socialism, especially when it gets into medicine and health care, because that's a life or death issue. Get more information, folks. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. All right, folks, just keep something in mind. You're deplorables, you're neo-Nazis, you're white supremacists, you're Klansmen. This is what you've been called by the mass media, by their guests, by their experts, and by some of them. President of the United States has been called the same thing. His family's been called the same thing. Now they're going after Bill Barr, one of the finest lawyers in the land. I'll be back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We don't regurgitate the news. We are the news. It's one of the great differences. And one of the great writers and thinkers out there today is a young man by the name of Daniel Horowitz. And he writes for Conservative Review, I'm proud to say. And he has an incredibly powerful piece up there at Conservative Review as I speak. But before I do this, related to it, I have a question for you. How come we're not hearing anymore the phrase manufactured crisis? You see how the media and the Democrats just get away? They do their hit and runs. Manufactured crisis on the border. It's a manufactured crisis. Manufactured crisis. This was the phrase that went on for months. Not one dollar for the wall, Pelosi says. Not a dollar. A wall doesn't work. Barriers don't work. Then you have Beto O'Dork that we ought to take the barriers we have down. That guy 
should be put away in an insane asylum, preferably in Mexico. Manufactured crisis. You don't hear that anymore. How come? Where's Jim Acosta? There's no invasion. Why do you call it an invasion, Mr. President? It's a caravan. There's not an invasion. What a bunch of fools and clowns. This is why the Democrats who show up on these programs are not confronted with their own words. They're never held to account. Never. And now it's open season. And I'm going to show you how it's open season with the help of our buddy Daniel Horowitz over there at CR. Nine shocking March statistics from the system-wide emergency at the border. The March border numbers are unfathomable. Customs and Border Protection, CBP, has published the March border numbers, which reflect a system-wide emergency, quote-unquote, in the view of top border officials. They write, the impacts to legitimate trade and travel cannot be overstated, said CBP Deputy Commissioner Robert Perez in a statement. As this crisis, by the way, notice his name is Perez. Not Kamala Harris, not Bernie Sanders, not Cory Booker, not Joe Biden, not Nancy Pelosi. It's Perez. Quote, as this crisis continues to worsen, it undermines CBP's ability to perform its dual mission of protecting our borders and facilitating legitimate trade and travel. Now, here are nine shocking statistics from the March data and the cumulative numbers of illegal aliens and family units crossing this fiscal year. 103,492, that's the total number of illegal aliens and inadmissible aliens apprehended at and between Points of entry in the month of March alone. That is the highest monthly number since April 2007. But a former Border Patrol head, Mark Morgan, told the Senate Homeland Security Committee last week, last decade, one-third of those apprehended were repeat offenders. So the realistic number of migrant apprehensions was well below what's reflected. As such, it's likely that this month is at or near an all-time record. 1.2 million. How many in a year if March's pace continues? That is illegal aliens in this country. That's more than the population of Montana, more than the population of Wyoming, more than the population of South Dakota, more than the population of North Dakota, more than the population of Delaware, and I could go on. It's more than the population of virtually every major city in this country, except for the top 10 or 12. That's about the number of people who live in the city or uh, area of Philadelphia. Think about this. Every year. Customs and Border Patrol, that's CBP, predicts that with the weather getting warmer over the next few months and the incentives for illegal immigration unaddressed, the numbers are going to grow larger. And the first week of April seems to indicate this. The first week of April. 168 to 180 billion. What's that represent? The lifetime cost of 1.2 million illegal aliens per year. Using the input and methodology of the Center for Immigration Studies, Stephen Camarado, to calculate the cost of illegal aliens to the American taxpayer. 1.2 million, one year of illegal aliens will cost us 
$168 to $180 billion. But not $1 for the wall. You see, $25 billion for the wall is too expensive, they tell us. 57,271. What's that mean? A record number of family unit apprehensions. That is the number of people apprehended with family members in March. That beats the record we just set last month by a whopping 40%. That's more than three times as large as the first Central American wave at the peak of the 2014 migration during Obama's tenure. Even just the unaccompanied minors who are often split off from family units for strategic reasons, totaled 9,398, which in its own right rivals all but the two busiest months of the 2014 surge, which was without the family units. We're breaking records all over the place. In other words, we're breaking records. And that's a shameful thing. 189,584. What's that? The number of family unit apprehensions between points of entry for the first six months of fiscal 2019. This far surpasses the numbers of any previous full year. 218,645. What's that? The number, number of family unit apprehensions between points of entry since Judge Dana Sabra ruled last July that all parents or adults brought with children must be released with the children. This is the real reason that Democrats and the media don't want adults separated from children. Because the entire family is released into the general population. 4,647%. 4,647%. That is the percentage increase in monthly family unit apprehensions between the points of entry since the low of the Trump effect in April 2017 through February 2019. There's been a 370% increase in family units for the first half of this fiscal year compared with the first half of FY 2018. We're being overrun! And yes, invaded! These aren't caravans. Caravan, you see, sounds like a nice... Oh, let's have a caravan. Tell you what, you follow you and you follow you and we'll all drive to the beach. What do you say? Yes, we'll have a caravan. This isn't that. 422,334. What's that? The total number of illegal aliens and inadmissible immigrants, including single adults, who've been caught at our border... It's almost twice the rate of last year, which is in itself a dramatic increase from FY 2017. See, aliens from all over the world have heard the call of the Democrats. Come, bring your families. Bring your extended families. Come in massive waves into the United States. We will ensure that we're undermanned and there aren't secure borders and we won't have walls and everything. Come, 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 come. Come by the millions and the millions. Now's our chance to fundamentally transform America. Don't worry about assimilation. We can't win if people are assimilated. They understand the rule of law, the civil society. No. We want people who are angry, who are at each other's throats, who who embrace the culture that they fled. So we can play one off against the other, promise benefits, race bait, and win elections. 
104. The number of large groups defined as 100 or more coming in at once to surrender to border agents and shutting down their resources. There were 13 such groups in FY 2018, mainly in the latter part of the year. It was almost unheard of in previous years. So what these are are, are immigrants who are lawyered, and they're told to come in in large numbers, groups, just claim some, some level of, uh, of, of whatever it takes uh, under the law to get a refugee status, seek asylum, get a court date, and never show up. Never show up. That's what's going on in your border. It's a manufactured crisis, don't you know? And the people coming into this country suffer before they come into this country. They suffer horribly. Rape, other forms of abuse, disease. They suffer horribly. Democrats don't have a problem with that. Now, when they get to our country and they're medicated and they get food and they're separated in many cases for their own sake, then we're Nazi Germany. These people are fleeing, you see, to Nazi Germany. How sick is all this? How sick is all this? How sick are the media? How sick are the Democrats? How sick are the propaganda? I'm sick of this. You see what's happening, the deterioration of this society. And it's not a coincidence. It's not by accident. It's a strategy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ross, Connecticut, Sirius XM Satellite, how are you? Um, well, I wanted to speak on uh, our Attorney General. He, he surprised me in a way that I wasn't sure if he was going to uh, truly investigate this, not based on his behalf, but if he would, uh, from the research I did, further divide the country, not his doing, but how the the left would interpret it as they already did almost instantaneously. He's upholding his constitutional duty, and you can see it in his body language and the way he talked. This was not a easy decision for him to make, and he's doing his job, and it's refreshing. I wish we could do the same on the border, which is a crisis. Imagine if those 120,000 people were tramping through Westchester, New York, or Westchester County, or Fairfield. Beverly Hills, you know, uh, yes, exactly, Uh, Manhattan. uh, uh, A whole different scenario, but since it's rural Texas, Arizona, and down there, it's not unquote, a crisis or... Well, let's get to your first point, which which related to um, Attorney General Bill Barr saying, yeah, there, 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 he believes there was some kind of espionage taking place and he wants to investigate it and get to the bottom of it one way or the other. And he's under attack with the same phraseology they use with me. Now, why do you think he's under attack? Because the truth is there. It's similar to what you brought up with the Kennedys. The truth was out there, and the left uh, media reported it early on with the Trump collusion, how Russia had no role in Trump but was with Hillary. I mean, they they reported it themselves, and then it got lost. I mean, you you were aware of it, but it wasn't solidified, but it it was out there. Isn't it also true that to get to the bottom of this shows 
that the Obama administration illegally and unconstitutionally using the FBI, the Department of Justice, and intelligence agencies with the support of an unfree press interfered with an election for the purpose of electing Hillary and defeating Donald Trump. What's so scary? They're going after him, but when it comes to anyone even, I mean, literally a theoretical thought about tramping on anyone's constitutional rights when it comes to uh, abortion, LBGQT, or whatever it changes. Kavanaugh, doesn't matter. There's an uproar, but our Fourth Amendment rights, our right to privacy, everything goes out the window if you have a different viewpoint, even if you're, unquote, moderate, not even technically conservative. Now, the reason I read parts of my book, not all of it, just little parts about the IRS, the FBI, the CIA, recent history, how they were used to go after political opponents, the Democrats are doing that again. They've used the FBI, the Department of Justice, to go after a political opponent. Now they're using the IRS through the Treasury Department. They want Trump's tax returns. This is this is where they go. They go after the tax returns. Uh, they they use the FBI. They use and they have in the past. And the media have defended them and protected them in the past, just like they're doing right now. And that's what I want people to understand. This, you say, I can't believe they're doing this. This is, in fact, to me, the greatest scandal because they have been able to create this collusion with a criminal investigation. Now they're taking it further. They're not going to let go of it. They, they're hanging on to it. It's their, it's, their, uh, it's their gold ring. And my point is, if you don't believe the media is providing, a, a, abetting this, the media have always abetted this when it comes to left-wing Democrats. Thanks for your excellent call, Ross. I appreciate it. Donna Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. I was fascinated by the collage of useful idiot commentary that you shared with us early on and throughout your program. And I sure hope that conservative media backs up Bill Barr. And, uh, you know, we all know the truth has no agenda. The second thing point I'd like to make is with respect to the conspiracy theory, that means that the right has pinned the tail on the radical left-wing globalist, socialist, communist donkey. And that means we are in the right, they're in the wrong, they can't argue it because it is a fact. All right, Donna, appreciate your call. Jacob, Indianapolis, how are you, Jacob, on the great WFDM? Go. Hey, just uh, wanted to say uh, one thing. God bless you and everything that you do. Um, to kind of piggyback off of the whole uh, Attorney General Barr you know, investigation with the spying on the Trump campaign, um, I heard on a couple different talk shows today how they were kind of, you know, you know, touch basing with, uh, touching base with it. Um, do you think that he has enough to do an, a full-blown investigation starting with, you know, I just want your opinion, um, starting with the um, spying, because he even said that he just wants to make sure that there was no wrongdoing. Uh, do you believe that, you know, the left has had enough time or they have enough time to try to hide as much as they can, you know, of the whole... Well, I'm sure they have hidden and, and, and uh, you know, shredded and done all those things, but there's enough information out there now as a result of the great work of uh, Devin Nunes uh, and, uh, and some others, Jim Jordan... Mark Meadows, and others, uh, and even Lindsey Graham, quite frankly, and many more, 
There's enough information out there as a result of this program, as a result of uh, Hannity's TV show and uh, Solomon and Carter and a handful of others, that there is enough to go on. Do I think it'll happen? It depends on how Bill Barr pursues this. But you see, we're in the battle right now. They are trying everything they possibly can in the media, in the Democrat Party, and they're one and the same, to deter him, to destroy him, to tell him, you better take a U-turn or you're in for a lot more of this, which is why we all have to, whoever we speak to, not just on the radio, but friends, neighbors, coworkers, we all have to say, we want to get to the bottom of this. We want to know what took place. And if that's what the Attorney General is up to, we support him 100%. All right, Jacob, appreciate your call, my friend. We'll be right back. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. Express VPN. Admit it. You'd think the cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. And they want them. They try and grab them by the millions. And the government can't stop them, but you can. It's very simple. Somebody's going to do it for you. It's called ExpressVPN. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. Or let's say you're just walking down the street or you're sitting in your car. They can steal your information that way, too. They're very good at this. Let's say you're putting gasoline in your car and you use your... I'm telling you, when you leave your Internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and your credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see, or just on some wall in a restaurant. That's why I decided to take action, to protect myself from cyber criminals. I've got data that I don't want them to have, financial data, all kinds of information. I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It's the best. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps, that runs seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Boop. That's it. Using ExpressVPN, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having my personal data stolen. Protect your data. Protect your privacy. Protect your good name. For less than 7 bucks a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. And so do many others. ExpressVPN is rated the number one, number one VPN service by TechRadar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. The only risk you have is if you don't use it. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Please visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. I'm telling you, we all need this. Next time you read, well, there's been millions of, of accounts, email accounts. That have been, not, not me. I've got ExpressVPN. I'm, I'm okay. 
Let's go to Lance, Galloway, New Jersey, the great WFBG. Go. Hey, good evening, Mark. I, I just, I just do hope that as you lay out the, your show every every night, and especially good thanks to uh, having uh, John Solomon and Sarah Carter on the other night, from, uh, Liberty uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin, and the fact that I said about a year and a half ago when you sent me a book, Liberty and Tyranny, I said when you put a show on, you have it, you do it with clarity, consistency, cohesiveness, continuity compassion and you divide it by two variables common sense and civility and i believe that Barr, he has a slow methodical pace he is going to take his time and s draw small dots and he will connect all of them and just one other further thing again I, I i urge people to read the tragedy of the commons because that's what's happening on our borders and they talk about sustainability and our resources our resources are being depleted our sustainability at the border is no longer existence now we have to bring in extra reserves and nobody believes it and now the the friggin left it's like they're they, they're not stockholm syndrome they're the goldilocks syndrome mm -hmm. if it's not the way they want it they'll make it up a different way and i mm -hmm. just thank you very much i look forward to the new book uh you know i'll tell you what don't hang up. I can't do this forever, but I'll make sure you get a signed copy when it comes out. So don't hang up. We'll get your address. And I much appreciate it. Obviously, I can't do that for the vast majority of people because the publisher wouldn't have it. Uh, but you can go to Amazon.com as I speak and look for Unfreedom of the Press. You know who else is going to try and get Unfreedom of the Press? The Press. But we're going to send it to them. We're going to send it to them. They like free stuff, that's right. Not only do they like free stuff, but I want them to read it. And I'm more than happy to debate them. We have a challenge out tonight to Chuck Todd. Right, Mr. Producer? You've emailed their producer. We have a challenge out to Chuck Todd to debate him for 30 minutes on the Obama administration's espionage against the Trump campaign and transition and to debate him for the next 30 minutes about climate change. I'm quite serious about this. Let's go to Charlotte, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the Internet. How are you, Charlotte? Thank you very much for taking my call. I'm doing all right. I wanted to ask you about the Flores decision. When I looked it up, I got a little confused. My understanding is it was based on a 15-year-old girl who came over here illegally, and she wanted to join her aunt who was living in this country, and she was claimed she was held too long and so there was some agreement where you can only hold as I, I recall it happened during the Clinton administration at least it started there yes they made an agreement uh, and they settled the case and the judge uh, signed off on it uh, that you can only hold you can only detain uh, children uh, however that's defined I believe it's for a 20 day period and so what's happening now is because the Trump administration, started by the Obama administration, word got out south of the border. Uh, so what was happening is that kids were staying with parents, and if you don't separate them, that means you have to release the children in 20 days. And if you don't separate the children from the parents, you have to release the whole family. And so that game was being played. And, of course, the media doesn't explain this. That game was being played. So Jeff Sessions said, all right, well, we're going to put an end to that. Um, 
And besides, we're not sure in every case if these are really the parents. You know, it's hard to figure that out because the kids are scared to death if they're not the children of these adults. Uh, They're being threatened. You have these coyotes bringing these kids in and abusing them. And so you also need to figure that out. But it's hard to figure it out, isn't it? When, uh, When the adult claims to be the parents, when the kid claims to be the kid, maybe they're not, but you don't have any evidence. You don't have any proof and you don't know who to talk to. That takes time to sort out. And so, I mean, there are practical reasons for this. And those who say don't separate the two, sometimes they're putting children in harm's way. Sometimes they are facilitating what the coyotes are doing. Uh, You don't hear about that either. It's not just people trying to be mean and harsh and separate children from parents. There's a lot of complex issues going on here. I wanted to add that the uh, Flores decision was based for unaccompanied minors. So these kids coming over with parents, they don't fall in that category as being unaccompanied. So I don't know why. Well, no, it's it's the children generally. Unaccompanied minors, yes, but also uh, the detention of children uh, would fall under that generally. Okay, because I just thought that, you know, somebody deconstructed it, reconstructed it, and applied it to families now, supposed families, you got as it. opposed to unaccompanied children. That it. All right, my friend, and you're doing your research. That's good. She's doing her re- research. All right. Uh, let's go to, hold on here, i got to pull it up. I lost the screen. Hold on now. Here we go. Live TV, Justin, Cape Coral, Florida, the great WFSX. Go. Hello, how are you? What did I say I was on? Oh, I'm on radio. You're on radio. (laughs) Hi, how are you today? I'm okay, um, thank you. I just wanted to call you to tell you that I really, really have always wanted one of your books. I love one of your shows. I love your shows. I watch you on TV, man. You are fascinating. And and so far, like, there hasn't been one thing to me that, that I have found that this wasn't untrue. It, it's just, you know, I, I mean, for some reason, you know, you guys are just the only people I'll go to for my news source. Uh, I, I wanted to just ask you one question. I, I've been trying to do my research, mm-hmm. and I want to uh, understand something. Yep. Now, wh- why why is it that the uh, each president, each president we've had, whether it's the Clintons, whether it's whether it's George Bush, whether mm-hmm. it's Obama, you know, everybody has done their part in building some type of barrier, some type of border, you know, a fence. They've built certain parts of it, and and what what and, you know, I keep trying to figure out. Okay, who was it that created the Clinton? Or, I'm sorry, who was it that created mm-hmm. the no tolerance policy? And, and why are they suddenly turning around and saying, okay, hey, everything that Trump wants, you know what, forget it, forget All it. All right, the no-tolerance policy was set by the president and his prior attorney general, Sessions. And now they've come under attack even by Republicans. And so they're, they're having to readdress this issue about uh, separation. But you see, the Democrats don't have any solution because they want open borders. They're perfectly high, uh, happy with chaos. So anytime you have a system that takes illegal immigrants, whatever their age might be, and detains them, tries to vet them, uh, and then try to remove them, you're called inhumane. Unless they get to stay here, you're inhumane. And that's pretty much what the debate is right now. It's absolutely preposterous. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. 
All right. I think they're going to get killed on this issue, the Democrats. I really do. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's right. Let's go to Greg in Iowa. How are you, sir? Chappelle, 92 years old, grew up in Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff go by, and in the twilight of my life, I am really discouraged. Mm. Sal Alinsky wrote it all down. It's easy to read. You know, during the war, we, when I was in the service, 24 million Japanese, Germans, and Italians fought against us. And it took us a heck of a long time to win. Today, look at the number of, of people invading our border. They by far exceed 24 million, and we are in a fight for our lives uh, nationally. There's a civil crisis. We have evil, anarchistic complicit media, ignorant voters, all all contriving to change our democracy. And it's God's gift to us is being trashed. We used to take an oath to God, to country, to self. Today we take an oath to self and dump the other two as, or use them as it's, as it's appropriate. It's a tragedy. It's a true, true tragedy. Republicans, Democrats, all Americans ought to take note of the fact that we are destroying ourselves. And you are remarkable. You said that more beautifully than I could ever say it or write it. I might have met your pop, too, at you know what? Air Base. Really? Yes, sir. His name was, was Jack, Jack Levin. Yeah, for a period of time. Did he play the saxophone? No, he didn't play a saxophone, not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. Well, I grew up in Mount Airy. You grew up on the other side of the Wissahickon. Yeah, I grew up in Cheltenham. Yeah, Mount Airy, right up in the corner of the Wissahickon Drive. And Oh, I know exactly where it is. We used to go there, uh, do some shopping there when we were little kids, get our haircuts there. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yes, sir. Mount Airy. And, uh, and uh, tell me a little more about yourself. You intrigue me. Well, sir... Uh, you're in Iowa now. How'd you get to Iowa? <clears throat> I, I transferred out here in '69. Uh, when I when I grew up, an interesting thing: the YMCA took us down to the U.S. Navy Yard, you know, down in Philadelphia. And this is this is during the Depression. And here are all these rusty ships down there. And at the time, uh, Britain went to war with uh, with uh, Germany. Joe Kennedy was uh, the emissary to Britain, and Joe Kennedy came to to FDR and he said, "You know, the Brits are are doomed. They're going they're going out. We have to do something." Roosevelt released fifty overaged World War One destroyers. Yeah, the Lend Lease program. Well, it wasn't even on that. He just said yeah. you can have them. He didn't go to Congress. Didn't do anything by executive right. uh, edict. He released them. And he ran into a, a thunderstorm of opposition. America Firsters, German-American Bund, they, we had all that garbage around Philadelphia and around, around mm-hmm. uh, New York. In, um, in 1940, we moved to Westfield, New Jersey, and we're right in the heart of the German-American Bund. Uh, I was going to high school there. Our coach enlisted in the military I enlisted and took a war diploma, went off to war, came back, went to college under the GI Bill, 
got married in 1950. I was an inactive reservist, and doggone 10 days later, I'm called in for Korea. Mm. You fought there, too. Well, I, I'm just among the guys who who went. 16 million of us went then, and would we be able to get in a hurry, the number of people that we had then dedicated mm -hmm. to the freedom of the United States. When I say we fought 24 million guys overseas, and look look at the cost, 400,000 people, mm -hmm. we are in a mess. And the civil crisis that we're in is, is just not... It's not fathomable. I'm going to have to go because I have a hard break. But, Greg, I'll tell you what. I want to give you... A one-year subscription to Levin TV and my new book when it turns when it comes out. So don't hang up. And uh, the way you talk and 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 reminisce and worried about the future of the country, you do in fact remind me of my father. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Gentlemen, I hope you've liked today's show, all the shows this week. They've been very powerful, I believe. Now, whether you've got a five-mile commute or you're road-tripping across the country, you want to feel secure behind the wheel, right? That's why you need extended vehicle protection from CarShield. It's the best. We've got it on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's up to you. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. If your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we did. Call their new toll-free number. Ready? 800-CAR-6000. And mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's 800-CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. Or go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Use code LEVIN. Save 10%. A deductible may apply. Well, Greg was right on. Wasn't he a great caller? 92 years old. You know, I hope I can think and talk that eloquently when I'm, if I'm 92 years old, Mr. Producer. Some days I can't do it, and I'm only 61 years old. So we want to thank Greg. These are tough times, folks. They're tough times, but there are silver linings here and there. The Attorney General of the United States stepped up and I hope he'll continue to pursue what was an unbelievable scandal and is the interference in our election, not just by the Russians, but by the Obama administration. When the Obama administration interfered, they did it on behalf of Hillary and against Trump. And the Attorney General should get to the bottom of this. But he's going to be under attack by the media. And I hope tonight... You'll finally pre-order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press, Amazon.com. I know you're going to love it. We salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. God bless you. See you right here tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>